Welcome back to Catering WTF. This episode has some adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the arena of the restaurant chef versus the catering chef. In the left corner, we have standing at six foot eleven and three quarter inches, including the afro, wearing a Burgard chef coat, tailored pants, and handmade clogs with a thousand personal knives and pans with their name on it. Professional record of one million wins, a hundred world titles. The heavyweight champion of the world, or TV or YouTube, the professional chef. And the other corner is the catering chef, standing a mere five foot eight, with possibly braided hair or bald, wearing a baseball cap, boots. Flashlight, Gerber, 10-in-1 tool, three old knives that are barely sharp, a lighter, duct tape, and some zip ties, all included in the weight, is the Challenger, with a record of one perfect victory, because every day's a new day, and that's how catering chefs get judged, the Challenger. Hello, guys. Welcome to Catering WTF. This episode is, uh, as you heard from my terrible, terrible intro and thing to this, is a discussion of chefs, basically chefs, and what the difference is between restaurant chefs and catering chefs, but there's really all kinds of different chefs. So what I want to kind of talk about tonight and kind of do my little rant about is the differences with everybody's job as a chef and all their trials and tribulations and what they all deal with. And in my personal opinion, of course, I'm skewed, but I think the catering chefs have sometimes a more unique and harder job than other chefs do because we are limited with what we can do. So let's talk about chefs real quick. I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? So you have restaurant chefs, you have a high-end restaurant. So you have the Thomas Kellers, you have the Gordon Ramsay's, you have the TV chefs, you have all that kind of stuff. That's great. Then you have the other chefs, the chefs that run fucking fantastic restaurants that are not on Food Network. They're not known. In their cities, they may be some of the best restaurants you can go to. And they're, you know, they're high-end restaurant chefs. We all go to them. We love them. They're not nationally known. They're not on TV, and they still fucking crush what they're doing, and they have a passion for that. So there's huge respect for that. We talked about famous chefs. We have the Emeralds. We, you know, we have the Bobby Flays. We have the, you know, fucking Hell's Kitchen bullshit. Um, it, all, all of that. That's the famous chef, right? And unfortunately, this is what most people see. So that's what most people believe. They believe that that's what a chef is. You're a chef on TV. If you're Hell's Kitchen, you're the one throwing the food back at people and bitching and carrying on because you got such a high standard that you have to fucking hit or mark or whatever it is 
that you think you're doing, but it's mostly for TV. And then you have the emeralds and things like that that are doing the you know educational series and all of that, and that's all fine, but that's what most people see. But what about the everyday kitchen manager? Not even a chef, just a kitchen manager that runs all the food that you guys eat on a daily basis. And I'm talking about the McDonald's, the Burger Kings, the Domino's, the Papa John's, the, you know, and it's not just fast food, but just all of those things. Who who are those guys? Like, no credit is given to them. You know, everybody's like, and even in the culinary world, it's like, there's no shits given. They're like, fuck you. If you work at McDonald's, you're not a real chef. You're not a real manager. You're not a real this. Well, they're all real managers. They're just not on Food Network, and they're not not at the top of the food game as far as, you know, serving up live octopus that has some kind of miso sauce with it. Fuck that. They're doing their job. So you have those. What about the chefs that go to camps? I went to a camp. That fucking job is hard as fuck because you're feeding fucking 3,000 people a day seven meal periods. Okay, that's a fucking hard job. Where are those chefs? Where are the chefs on a yacht? Like, my wife loves Below Deck, and I love Rachel, Chef Rachel, who's on that thing. That's a fucking hard job, dude. You're on a yacht. You have to do staff meal, which is a whole nother podcast because can't stand it. But whatever it is, she's got to feed the staff and the guest. And she's on a yacht. And there's very limited space. And where the fuck does she order from and get the food from? So it's a whole dynamic of different shit. Then there's food trucks. What about the food truck chefs? What about the chefs that work on an oil rig? Or the chefs that go on the salmon boat? All the fucking food that you guys get comes from somebody feeding the people getting those things. What about the airlines? What about frats and sororities? We've already talked about that with Will. That's a whole nother separate issue. What about corporate chefs? What the hell is a corporate chef? If you look at it, if you ask a fine dining chef or a famous chef, corporate chefs, they fucking blow. Well, let's see if they're in corporate world. Do you think I'd fucking make it in corporate world? No fucking way. I'd be fired in the fucking two days. Well, maybe not two days. Maybe four days because I wouldn't. Cu- I think I could not cuss for four days, but probably after the fifth day, I would be fired. So it's a corporate chef scenario. What about ethnic restaurants? What about your Chinese restaurants, your Fa restaurant, your Vietnamese places? All these places that chefs love to go. These are the outlying, super cool, badass fucking restaurants that are based on their ethnic. Uh, heritage and what they're bringing to the table and fucking chefs love them and people love them what are those are those famous chefs what i mean what's going on with that and what about schools who's feeding our children yes i know there's a fucking lunch lady bullshit and i love the saturday saturday night live videos but come on there's real people here real chefs doing this i actually know somebody who's trying to make a huge difference in school lunch program. And it's fucking hard because you're dealing with the fucking government. And then there's government chefs. What do you do if you're the White House chef? Well, especially right now, what do you do as a White House chef? But still, that that's a fucking whole other aspect of the job. And so what I want to talk about 
And what I, this whole medium is about is about the difference between all of those jobs and the catering chef. What does the catering chef have to do? What are the differences between being a restaurant chef or some of these other chefs and a catering chef? And I, I don't profess to know what a food truck chef does. And I don't profess to know what an airline chef does that has to fix food for an airline. I, I don't know because I haven't done those jobs. But what I have done is I've been a chef that is an educator. I've been a chef at a camp. I've been a chef at a restaurant. Multiple. And I've been a chef at multiple catering companies. So I get it. So I get that part of it. And I would love to hear stories from some of the other chefs that are the kitchen managers and the food truck people and what they deal with. But I'm going to go through what I think the difference is between the two basic concepts of what people see as the motherfuckers on TV and what they do to what the real world chefs are and what the real world catering chefs are specifically. So let's talk about equipment. First one is equipment, right? You're in a fucking fancy restaurant. You're in the kitchen back there. They got everything. They, and when I say everything, it's not just fancy pans and fancy knives and, and cryovac machines and dry age rooms. It's fucking... You have gas, fire, water, and electricity. That's what a catering chef looks at as fancy. Do we have that? Of course, when we're prepping and everything else at our home base or, or, or you know, where we prep from or our shop, that's what we have. And the fact, the fact that I even have to say we have that at our shop should be an example of what the fuck is going on. I'm like, yeah, we have that at the shop. Like, no restaurant chef is like, oh, yeah, I got that, but it's only at the shop or it's only at the home base. It's bullshit. That's the complete mindset mindset difference that's between most chefs and what catering chefs have to fucking put up with. So we have the equipment, and, and honestly, it's not a whole lot. But then we have to go off-site and do equipment, right? What, is that, what does that even mean? All right, now we got to take everything out of the fucking kitchen, load it on a fucking truck, bring the truck to wherever we're going. A lot of times cook off the truck. A lot of times cook off, you know, that we're, we're setting up our own kitchen, sometimes in the fucking woods, sometimes in... A closet area. That's my favorite. When we work in a fucking janitorial closet, that they outside the thing it says janitorial slash kitchen. Who who fucking does that? And if you're a venue that has that, you should be fucking ashamed. It's ridiculous. But that's that's how we work, and it, it, you'd be surprised how much that happens. And that's part of the location. The location. Where are we going? Okay, restaurant chefs. Where are they going? They're going to fucking work. Where do we go? We go to work. Then we have to load. Then we go to some other fucking place. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. The sales team does the best they can to try and get the the information or photographs or everything else. Shit, we've been to places that have the best kitchens ever in these beautiful homes. Where can we cook? Not in their fucking kitchen. 
we got to cook out in the garage. Or, God forbid, he did something. we worked in garage next to a fucking Tesla. And it's like, don't make sure that make sure the Tesla doesn't get touched. Well, how about move the fucking car? What? It's ridiculous. I'd rather work out of the goddamn truck. Don't put us in that situation. You know, I'd rather work a fucking mile away if we had to. But it's it's ridiculous. And that's that's the equipment and the education issues that a catering chef deals with versus a restaurant chef. After that, there's seats. If you're in a restaurant, you're a restaurant chef or you're a food truck chef or even if you're Will and you're doing the sorority thing, you know your numbers and where you are. There can only be so many people. I I, I feel like it's an old movie. There can be only one. But in catering, totally fucking off the map. Because if they can sell it anywhere in the city, they will. So you can do... No covers on a Saturday. And then next Saturday, you can do 8,000 people's worth of covers. Only it's done in 12 fucking parties. So you're in 12 different locations because there is no hostess. There is no one saying, we're at, we're at our limit. We can't seat anymore. Our 7 o'clock seatings are booked. No, doesn't happen. What we do is we're like, oh, yeah, fuck, we're going to do fucking 10,000 people on eight different parties, all starting at 7 o'clock. Sure, we'll do that. And we're going to do it with no equipment. And we're going to do it in a location that's a fucking bathroom. Ah, yeah, uh, we got that. All right? So that's fucking huge difference. Menus. Restaurant chefs, food trucks, all these other people, school, everything I said, they all have menus. They all have menus and they're like, this is what we're doing. We have recipes. We have everything's worked out, especially if you're a kitchen manager or schools or government, everything, everything that's worked out to a fucking T. They know every penny that they're spending. Catering chefs? Nope. No fucking idea what's going on with that because you're allowed to sell anything, anytime, anywhere. So not only are we going anywhere, they don't like your fucking menu. They're like, okay. Hey, I see your catering guide. Your catering guide may be fucking 300 pages long. Should be everything in the world on it, but it's not what they want. They would like to take all your menu ideas as a chef and turn it into what they want. Right? Most restaurant chefs, they have a vision. They're artists. They put their vision out. This is what they sell for the night. And they are successful or they're fucking not. That's the way it works. And the catering realm, you do the same thing. You put your recipes out there. You put your menus out there. You love it. And then what you do is you do a tasting and you get fucking feedback. And they're like, yeah, I don't like anything on the menu. I'd like to have this. I have these dietary restrictions. I have this. I don't like that. I like something that I saw in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, when we went new in, in, to New Year's, we had the best food we ever had but it was in 19 fucking 86 and we'd like you to reproduce this and you look it up and the restaurant's not even fucking open so that's what we do okay it's not it's not our vision it's their vision we cater to their vision and it's very different aspect than what most chefs deal with most chefs have their their vision and they feel like they're an artist we feel like we're an artist but 
people are allowed and catering to manipulate your art, which can be very frustrating and very challenging, but also it can be something that is super gratifying when you can have the ability to manipulate all those things to make the guests the most happy they can be on their most special day. So the menu thing crushes me. And then it's sales versus servers. I mean, at restaurants and, you know, food trucks don't have them or schools, governments, different things like that. But there's servers. Most restaurants and all these especially fine dining restaurants, they have fucking servers, right? So the server is an extension of the chef. The server has to know exactly what's in everything. They have to know how to sell the chef's food. They have to know how to sell the menu. Their goal is to upsell with wine and different things like that. That's their job. Sales team just needs to put butts in the seat. They have to sell the party. They don't have to use your menu. They don't have to do a bar. They don't have to upsell wine. They just need to get the fucking party. So they will do whatever it takes to get the party. Oh, you want this? Oh, it's not on our menu? My guys are great at that. We got this. Why don't you come in for a tasting? We'll fucking knock this shit out of the park. And it, by the way, tastings are free. They can eat fucking 19 fucking courses and spend five hours there killing the salespeople and killing your chef team. But that's what we do because they're allowed to do that. There's no fucking menu. I mean, half the time at catering companies, I'm like, just don't give them a menu. Just ask what the fuck they want because that's the difference. At a restaurant, when I was a restaurant chef, that never would have happened. We would make exceptions for dietary restrictions, but that's pretty much it. Catering chefs, no. Whatever the fuck you want, we'll do it. Whatever timeline you want, we'll do it. Whatever place you want, we'll do it. You know, we'll do it in the fucking woods. Yes, I know there's bugs, and there may be some bugs in your fucking food, but that's the way it works. It's crazy. So... There's a couple of things about the difference between those two people. And I I want you to ask yourself if you're out there listening. What is the difference between what you do as a chef and what catering chefs do? And the questions are, and these are my questions. Do you have to move your kitchen? Question one. Two. Do you know if you have electricity, fire, and water? 90% of the time, catering chefs, that answer is no. Do you smell like deep woods off every time you go to a fucking party? Name one chef in a restaurant that has to spray themselves with deep woods fucking off before they go to work. We don't wear cologne. We wear fucking bug spray. It's a fucking problem. And lastly... Are you doing the best thing you can do to be sanitary and and do the things that you need to do? Because we struggle with that. When you're in the woods and there's no lighting, no electricity, no fire, you're cooking off fucking sterno, which is basically napalm in a fucking can, and then trying to do all this shit, do you think for one second you're doing the right thing for the maximum food quality? The answer is fucking no. So 
We don't have the luxury of Thomas Keller. We don't have the luxury of fucking Gordon Ramsay's kitchen. And we don't have the luxury of some fucking chef yelling at us because no normal high-end chef wants to do this job. One of the best statements and one of the things I heard recently from a catering chef that I truly, truly respect is I have as much passion for the logistics as I do the food. And really, that comes down to the difference between some of the best chefs I've ever known in restaurants compared to the best chefs I've ever known in catering. We deal not only with the creative end of food and doing the best we can with food and treating it the way it needs to be, but we also have to have a passion for logistics. We have to have a passion for how we're going to make this work. And we have huge parties that we have to do it for, and we'll do it fucking anywhere. It's that's the difference. And finding a chef that is super good with food and super good with their sales team and super good with logistics is fucking rare. So rare. It makes it extremely difficult, this job. And I've known I've hired I've I've known a lot of executive chefs in my time. And they've worked part-time for me because they're in between jobs. And they do a great job. But they also look at me and say, this is bullshit. I'm not doing this. This is, this is not my gig. So it takes a very unique individual to be a catering chef. And my goal tonight is to uh, let people know how difficult this job is because some people don't see it. And a lot of people see what's on TV and it's not the same. So you need to know that. And the takeaway is what chefs really have to be, the catering chefs really have to be is nimble. They have to be creative. They have to have armor on them all the time that they can take the hits and they can continue to move forward and make the party happen and do all the things that they need to do. And so as I've been a catering chef, I've, you know, you're, you know, I'm a big fan of Anthony Bourdain, you know, he's a drinker, smoker, and he cusses a lot, which I fucking love. But sometimes you got to go outside the catering world and outside the culinary world to look for fucking inspiration, you know, Brene Brown, different things like that. It's fucking great. Um, Simon Sink was great. Ted Talks, all those things are wonderful. But one of the things that I've been super passionate about and I think that what represents catering chefs over everybody else is Bruce Lee. I am a follower of his and I think that he exemplifies what a catering chef has to be. And I'm going to read you a quote, which I don't normally do because I just rant, but I'm going to read you this quote from him that has resonated with me and I think it needs to be every catering chef. You must be shapeless, formless, like water. When you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. When you pour water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. When you pour water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Water can drip and it can crash. Become like water, my friend. That is a quote from Bruce Lee. That's what catering chefs do. They are... The Bruce Lee's of the world. 
some of the other chefs out there that think that they're they're great are a talented, sorry version of fucking Chuck Norris. Not that I don't like him, love Chuck Norris. But watch the movies. You will see. Become like water. Understand what that is, and that's to all my catering chef friends. Always, always keep your passion high, keep your logistics in check, and keep your boots on the ground. If you want to tell your story, reach out to us, man. We have we have a Facebook page, we have Instagram, we have all that stuff that we've set up so that we can get your comments and your your stories. And the more of you guys out there listening that want to send those in and be like, shit, I want to fucking tell my story about how shitty my day was, or this is the greatest day I had as a restaurant chef, fucking send it to me. I'll take all that shit. You'll be on the show. We don't give a fuck. That's, that's the great thing about what we're doing. Anybody can do this. Anybody can come on the show. I mean, with, even if you don't want to come to our house to do it, we can do it online. There's fucking Zoom and all kinds of shit. So we will make that happen. And that's what we're here for. That's, that's my goal is to learn as much as I can from as many people around me as I can. I mean, I have a fucking ton that I want to do, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to include, you know, you guys. So reach out, let us know, and we have much more to come. So subscribe if you like this. We'd love the subscribers. We're just trying to give a voice to the back of the house culinary field. And we live in a great fucking country where we can do that. So guys, let's get together and fucking do this. Let's have a voice. Thank you so much for listening. Again, boots on the ground. All right, how was that? That was a good one for catering chefs versus chef. I thought that was pretty good. Red. I liked it. Good tap. Good track tap. That's what it is. No, you you also fucked that up. I did. No, but, Let's try but again. do you do you understand that? I don't think you understand this because you're more on the sales end, so you literally do not understand. Now I know, and I've worked with you, so I know you've done some. Back of the house shit where you've moved ovens and everything else. But I still don't know if you truly understand the day in and day out bullshit that fucking goes on. Hmm. And that. Hmm. 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 I I would say, like, is it my turn to respond or not quite yet? No, not with a hmm. hmm. Okay. Who the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) Don't laugh. It's not funny. No, it's serious. Serious. We're serious. Serious. No, that would no. Yeah, you, again, well, that just solidifies my opinion of you not understanding what's going on. But it's okay. Because I know you understand a bunch of other shit. No, my home was, like, t- supposed to be, like, Rodan, like, the thinker. Like, hmm, like, intellectual with a, with a conservative pause so that. I could get more information. Okay, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I don't know who Rodan is. Sounds like some kind of He's a thinker. You know, the statue where, like, there's... It's basically you in statue form. 
Okay, well, it's 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 actually not that. Yeah, your hand is on your head. You have a furrowed brow, and you're just really stroking things. No, you're like, no, fuck. No, that's, no. that's Because the- I'm the one fucking thinking, and I'm not a statue, and it's a real-life thing. <laughs> you're not a statue. I was just comparing you I'm, to a work of art. Jeez. You and I need to have a fucking chef versus sales fucking competition because you're in sales, and I'm a chef, and it's super fucking hard. You 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 really have no fucking concept of what I'm going through. And I really try hard to have a concept of what you're going through and what you do. And it's hard. Hmm. Hmm. Don't do it again. <laughs> Why are you doing it again? It seemed apropos at the You time know, now this. you're playing for the fucking microphone. You should have fucking turned this shit off. This is not what we're doing.